Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning good morning everybody let's hope this thing is on as usual i'll go tap 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 Hello, Esha and Christopher, sitting in LinkedIn land at the moment. Give me some kind of an emoji if you can hear me. Uh, if you can hear me clearly, that would be amazing. And um, yeah, it is Monday. It is Monday, October 23rd, 2023. Oh, it's like 10s and 20s and 23s, etc. Uh, it is a busy, busy couple of weeks for me. Um, I am here today and gone tomorrow, quite literally. Um, I'm in Orlando, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for the Association of National Advertisers. It is a big event. It is probably the biggest event. Um, let's see if I can use comments in LinkedIn nicely today. So, um, A&A Masters of Marketing, literally the creme de la creme of the entire CMO and marketer calendar. Um, converging in Orlando and uh, I've had the pleasure and the privilege of going down every year. Um, to me, it's always interesting. To me, it is always interesting. I put that in the comments in LinkedIn and also in our cafe chat in Discord. Um, it's interesting for me because it gives me a sense of the pulse of where everything is at the moment. So let's do a little experiment, shall we? Um, I'm going to do my best to go through the agenda. I'm just going to read to you lightning fast the agenda and uh, not, not the sponsored stuff, just the main stuff. And then it will probably give us a good sense as to where the puck is at. Um, and again, I'm going to try and eliminate the, the sponsored one. So uh, the next reset uh, by Chief Brand Officer of PNG. Next one is called Using Brand Purpose to, to Drive Relevance and Growth. Then Marketing Renaissance, Transforming How We Build Brands That Drive Growth. Combining Insight and Creativity to Inspire Purpose-Driven Marketing. The Art of Rebranding, a Legacy Brand, How Hilton Found Success with Hilton for the Stay. Um, and then there are some virtual sessions, which are marketing in a downturn, 
um, lunch session moving at the speed of culture, how creators, fans, and new technology are changing everything. That's uh, by um, the Global Director of Culture and Trends at YouTube. I'm imagining that that is sponsored. Um, then there's our B2B and B2C marketing and brand evolution really different. Mobilizing purpose-driven thinking, Google's pixels, real tone. don't know what that is. Uh, and then there are like some simultaneous sessions called The Future of Media is Addressable um, with Dentsu and the Hershey Company, um, some kind of a symposium on diversity, which is important. Um, how Spot Pet Insurance Unlocks Better Performance with Omnichannel Audience Strategies. And that is Wednesday. Now let's look at Thursday. Passions Unleashed, Exploring New Horizons in Marketing, Defining a Challenger Brand, How to Create Cultural Connections to Reach New Audiences, The Secret to Growth, How the CEO-CMO Partnership Can Unlock Marketing's Full Potential. And that's like all McKinsey. I'm guessing that's sponsored too. Crossing the Chasm from Leading Clients to Becoming the Lead Client. Um, Ingenious Accomplice, How 7-Eleven Activates Awesome in its customers and communities. That just sounds like a campaign. Division is subtraction, convening a tipping point of change. And this is Lando Lakes. I mean, how seriously, how, how tipping do you want to be if you're Lando Lakes? Come on. Um, then there's a virtual session, a lunch session, building generative AI features responsibly. And that's Meta Meta. Guess what? That's sponsored too. Uh, breathing new life into an iconic brand from the inside out. It looks like a case study from Black & Decker. Um, merging purpose-driven marketing with Gen Z DNA. That's uh, <laughs> Lenovo, and they get a prize for two buzzwords, purpose and Gen Z. Um, then there's some breakouts on generative AI and its impact on creative and content, uh, optimizing a programmatic investment. Ooh, I just vomited a little bit in my mouth. The new framework for high-growth marketing teams. Okay, ah, and see her inclusion and the future of the creator economy. I like that. I like the combination of bringing diversity and creator. Um, and then there's like MarTech for marketers, partnering to win, the business imperative of sustainability, research and guidelines to help marketers navigate towards unprecedented consumer re pressures. All right. Uh, what does it take to be creative and effective? Insights from Lions winners. Um, Audacy, Audacy celebrates the art of shot. Oh, this is a dinner um, this is, um, with puzzles. So there's like a whole puzzle, like a, I guess, a like a, what do you call it? An element, not elementist, uh, a, um, you know what I mean? Um, I guess it's called an enigmatist, but like, um, you know, like a, I don't know, magician. That's what I wanted to say. And then on Friday, um, there's a breakfast session, which again looks sponsored. Um, then there's one called Micro Trends, Hidden Forces Shaping the Consumer of Tomorrow, Unbox the future at the speed of the girl, which is Girl Scouts. Hmm. And then there's one called Being FC Barcelona, sport brand and the engagement of a global community. I am at this point on my way back to the airport. Um, so I'm going to miss from reclining to reclaiming Lazy Boy's efforts to reposition the brand for the North American market. So excited. Can't wait. How can I miss the Lazy Boy re reinvention? And then how Planet Fitness has fueled continued growth, loyalty, and momentum in the toughest of times. And that is the conference. I've got to say, I'm absolutely a little bit stunned. I'm really shocked. Like, I had not gone through the whole agenda, and I've just done it, and I've been, it's maybe my, I don't know, my fifth, sixth, seventh time going. So sometimes when you are looking to see something, maybe the answer is to say, what am I not seeing? What am I not seeing? Well, um, there's generative AI, as would have been expected. Uh, honestly, I would have probably thought that there would be a little bit more, but I suppose there can't be more than that. I mean, there were maybe three or four or five sessions. Nothing on Web3, absolutely zilch, nothing on Web3, um, which, you know, last year there wasn't anything either. And last year there was even more cause to have it um, as well. Uh, a lot of purpose, a lot of purpose. Uh, marketers are still loving the whole purpose thing. Um, diversity, which is important. Um, I didn't see anything with respect to, um, you know, generally you see you, you see a little bit more in terms of inclusivity, with especially, especially with respect to Hispanic markets. 
Um, yeah, um, a lot of breakouts, which is very different to last year. Um, normally they have they've always had like big sessions, like everyone is like market after market after marketer, and generally they they're presenting you know their portfolio and their TV reels and their you know, and it's just very self congratulatory in many instances. But look, times are tough, so I saw a little bit of like operating during tough times, um, but I didn't see, I didn't, I don't know, nothing leaped out and grabbed me like almost like I would say if I was looking at this uh, agenda would this agenda be an, be compelling enough for me to go and I would say the answer is absolutely not um I'm actually like as I said quite surprised um a lot of um it almost seems like marketing is going back to basics and that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but it's lots of stuff about consumer first or consumer centric and passion and and challenger and um, but I didn't see I didn't see bite I didn't see innovation I didn't see technology I didn't see you know for me things like community capitalism and um, you know new business models and new revenue streams and i just disruption i didn't um normally they have someone come in that's like you know they've had me one year they had last year they had the ex um they had the ex cmo of progressive uh, uh charney i think his name is charney uh jeff charney who now has got an agency they typically have gary v come in like once every every 3 years and swears a lot and tells them that they're all fucking idiots and fucking dead and fucking fucking and you know and 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 then leaves and they all love it and they want more um you know i mean it seems like there in my opinion there's a lot of paid placement i don't necessarily even have a problem with that as long as it's relevant but like these lunches you know the lunches the googles and the and the metas they've all like infiltrated their way into these like lunches where they you know they have like a bit of a captive audience um the break their breakfast sessions i skipped those but those are also um sponsored you can pick up some good insights but to me it seems like you know like i mean the value clearly for an event like this is in the networking um and and that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to network my ass off. Um, and, uh, but I, I can't say that I'm going to stay indoors in these sessions and watch too much other than unless I'm watching a specific person that I want to kind of get to know or that I think is going to add some value. But the topics themselves, even the companies represented, I don't see many innovative companies. I see like, you know, uh, I'm just looking now, like there's Lenovo and there's... Um, I mean, there's um, lots of agencies, uh, Girl Scouts, lots of old brands, right? Um, like Lazy Boy and Girl Scouts. And then, you know, some interesting brands like Barcelona. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going in with an absolute open mind and maybe I'll be surprised and delighted. Um, anyway, that's me, 24, 25, 26, 27. And then I'm in South Africa for about 10 days um, and uh, be kicking off the official presentation of my new book forever changed and uh it's it's going to be great oh my goodness like i'm putting together for the first time the structure of the presentation will be a combination of of little you know snippets of of live reads you know actually reading little paragraphs and specific sections of the book um anecdotes telling stories showing little video clips even from my show um it's going to be, um, and it's going to be very personal as well, talking about my mom. Um, so that is, um, that's, that's me over the next couple of weeks. Um, I may probably, I won't be on LinkedIn for two weeks while I'm in South Africa. I might try if I can do it from South Africa, but most, for the most part, we'll be in Discord, uh, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. Our two of our regulars, Praxim and Slick, are in there at the moment. And so welcome, welcome. And um, maybe they'll be uh, running running the the show. I'll pop into Discord if I can. If I can open it, I will. If I can pop into the coffee shop, I will. So I, I wanted to talk today um, to now we get into, you know, that's that's a long segment. I know, long intro, but still, just a little bit of context. Um, I wanted to talk about community and B2B community um, in particular I saw um, I saw an article. It's not an article. I read the article. I tried to reread reread the article. It's 
the article itself didn't give me much, but it gave me the impetus to put this together. Um, it's called The Power of Brand Communities, How to Win Brand Loyalty Through Two-Way Relationships, and talks a little bit about B2B and uh, makes some you know, data points, Edelman's trust barometer, 67% of customers will stop buying a product if they don't trust the company. Um, Bain says that increasing retention rates by 5% can increase profits by 25% uh, or even 95%. Um, I don't know where that or even came from. And so, I mean, these are things, obviously, I think that we know. He has another one. Um, I think this is, where is this from? It just says, um, uh, according to Gartner, more than 75% of B2B buyers consult three or more sources. Um, so I think the question comes down to, like, we have a lot of tools now. I mean, we have... Um, we have Discord, we have Telegram, uh, we have Slack, obviously we have Facebook, we have LinkedIn, we have various mechanisms to create some kind of fostered engagement, some kind of connectivity, some kind of ongoing basis. And and if you think about it, like ultimately, um, no, we and we also have it's it's not just that we also have multimedia. So when I think about um, a community, I think about the fact that you should actually almost like like imagine you're putting together a uh, a prefix meal or a you know three course, four course, or even five course. Um, you've got to create a little bit of audio. You've got to create a little bit of text. You've got to create a little bit of video. Um, you've got to create a little bit of one to many. You've got to create a little bit of many to many. Um, you've got to create a little bit of asynchronous. Um, you need a little bit of everything, and you need to. And ultimately, um, there are probably two approaches, and maybe both apply. One is what I would call the kind of prefix, and the other one is the a la carte. Um, I think you want to give people many opportunities to interact with you, to connect with you, um, to engage with you, not just with you, with each other. Um, and I think you also want to create some kind of structure as well. Um, so it is a balance, I think, between what is called fixed and what is called variable. Um, so when I think about um, when I think about that basic structure, when I think about Alpha Collective, when I think about you know this idea of of programming, you know, you want that. Even even going back to the ANA conference now, right? There is there is fixed programming, there is structure, but you can probably you know then they create a little bit of looser looseness looseness. Um, which is, you know, like having three or four concurrent sessions. It's like the same thing as a conference, right? You have general, um, you have like main ballroom, and then you have breakouts. So there's a little bit of choice, a little bit of flexibility. And then, of course, you know, or another way to think about it is, you know, you've got Broadway and off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. You can still end up going to these events, these conferences, and, you know, not attending any sessions at all. You can literally go for the networking. You can literally meet interesting people and say, you know what, why don't we just go out and let's meet at the bar or meet at the coffee shop or go for a walk and talk and connect, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, so it's what you make it. And I think that flexibility is key when putting together some kind of structure, some kind of, um, of, of mechanism. For me, the way I look at it is, you know, when I, when I envisioned the structure of, of Alpha Collective, it was, you know, initially uh, at a minimum was this idea of one keynote every week uh, for 52 weeks, 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, something like kind of nice and in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week. Um, and the Collective Cafe, 8 to 9, Monday through Friday, with the ability to attend live or connect after the fact um, through uh, a podcast version of it. And, um, and then you start to fill in the gaps you create um, channels, chat channels. You know, if you think about it, um, and then there's audio first in the morning, whereas even the way I put together the concept of the Alpha Talk um, is 20 minutes of, of TED-like talk. I say TED-like. Um, so, you know, 20 minutes, one-to-many keynote, um, then 10-minute fireside chat, between the host, me, or a guest, and the keynote, and then a 30-plus minute <clears throat> conversation, a town hall-like discussion. And <clears throat> so you get a, bit, a little bit of everything. You get the ability to be inspired, provoked, um, you know, enlightened, educated in the middle. You get a little bit of context, kind of like a, almost like a moose bouche in the middle. 
And then at the end, you actually get to join the conversation. You get to actually ask questions. You know, for me, it, it is the it is the search for the perfect and the ultimate delivery of content. And and I don't think anyone's nailed it. And I'm not saying I'm going to. Um, but but I think that having done this, you know, being on on each side of you know, being the keynote myself, being in the audience, being the organizers, being part of the sponsors. Um, I, I've seen different models, and I can tell you generally, um, you know, the worst. The you see, here's the thing: there's there's no one size fits all. Like I'm going to go to this conference now, and um, like I, I'll tell you how it works. So uh, let's go. So let's just pick up any any uh, presentation. Uh, let's look at uh, Shakira Moen, who's the chief of marketing, Coca Cola North America. Um, he's on from 10.35 to 11.17. So that is uh, 40, it's a weird time, right? Uh, I guess they've got like little breaks, but it's uh, essentially 40 minutes. Is that right? 25 plus 15, that's 42 minutes. So he's probably, you know, a little bit of an introduction for one minute. Um, You know, he's probably told to talk for about, um, 30 minutes or so, and then there's like, they try and create uh, time for Q&A. And the q and I mean, and you've got these two components, right? First component is no Q&A whatsoever. So the person talks, they do, they do their thing, and then they leave. Some people like it, some people hate it. And other times they, there is a bit of Q&A, but the Q&A part, um, it, you know, you've got to be able to get that right. And the only way to get that right is to actually you know, have moderation, but actually not control. So that's what I mean by that is there is moderation, but you're not just picking the safe questions. You're not just picking the, you're not just sanitizing. You're allowing some tough questions. You're allowing um, some more challenging questions. And and I think actually um, we could probably, we could probably, um, uh, what do you call it? Take a leaf, or draw a page, or take a page. I don't know. Take a page from um, one part clubhouse and one part radio. The clubhouse part of the of the ability to encourage, you know, a stage and 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 more of an active dialogue and have some controls in terms of muting and 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 sending people back down and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, is great. Um, what Clubhouse was missing and vice versa, what radio has but didn't incorporate, which is what Clubhouse did, was the ability to do some vetting initially, just a little bit of vetting to make sure. I mean, Clubhouse had a little bit of, if you have, um, if you have a bio, um, if you have a bio, if you have, if we can see you a real person, we'll bring you up. But that still didn't tell us what you wanted to talk about. And so you ended up having random people going on, you know, on diatribes, you know, kind of on, on uh, not rants, but just on soliloquies. And, and, and often they would just take the air out of the room. The energy was high and incredible. And then the next thing you know, like the energy just is sucked out because they're on a complete tangent. And you don't want to be rude and you don't want to disrupt them and you don't want to interrupt them. You don't want to kind of cut them off, but sometimes you have to. So that's the one thing that radio has always done really well, which is just a little bit of vetting in advance. So you know who the person is, or if you don't know the person is, you know more or less what they're going to be discussing. And of course, in radio, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So by the time that you, like if you're calling into Howard Stern, um, by the time you, I suppose, I've never done it before, but from what I understand, by the time you get to Gary Delabate, you've already spoken to two or three different people. So they've had different gates, different checks to make sure um, that you're going to add to the energy. And of course, it's Howard Stern. So Howard Stern is like people can swear and do whatever they want, you know, uh, more the merrier. But it's the ability to actually kind of like build on the energy. And and the wisdom of crowd states that, you know, a, that, that when you are in a one-to-many, <clears throat> that if you can really provide unbelievable thought leadership from the audience, challenging um, you can actually create something spectacular. And again, I've not seen it once. I've not seen the perfect solution, either in an offline event, an online event, a virtual event, where you see the kind of combination of radio and clubhouse kind of presenting that one-two punch. So how does that even relate to community? 
Well, it relates to community when you think about different roles. So, you know, I'm doing it in a way, in a way, right, with with even what we're doing here. So, for example, like right now in the audience, in Discord, we've got Chris and Tim and Praxim and Slick. And and if you are um, a barrister, meaning you are a regular, um, you can probably just, you know, you can choose to come onto stage at any time. You don't even need um, to be invited on stage. Jens has just come into the room as well. Um, if you raise your hand right now, for example, let's just say hypothetically Chris raises his hand. I'm not going to bring him up because I don't bring anyone up. This is just the format, right? For the first 45 minutes or so, it's me talking and then someone comes up. But if I see it's Chris and I'm like, oh, I know who that is and he's been here a couple of times and he's contributed and he adds value, then maybe at the right time I will bring him up and I don't actually need to know what he's going to talk about. However, if I had a producer here or someone, it would be really interesting um, to be able to kind of, you know, Chris says, hey, this is what I want to talk about today. And uh, and then the producer whispers in my ear or types a, a DM and basically says, you know, Chris wants to mention something, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, what's beautiful about it is the fact that we have that in our cafe chat. So we actually have built-in mechanisms. Now, Let's just take that to the next level when I talk about community. The thing about community is not all community members are created equally. Some are more equal than others. That's okay. You know, I actually think, you know, it's my concept of reward and punishment, and I think about it a lot, which is that everyone in the community should have, a, you know, you, you need to discuss and you need to decide what is sufficient what is a kind of like the basic rules of engagement or the basic, what is the least amount of respect and access and, you know, and care and consideration that, that would apply? And then you can add on different levels, you know, of access um, to ba- or different roles that allow you to enhance ultimately the conversation. You know, I like the idea of, um, of being able to, I'm just throwing this out there, like, like what if the ANA, for example, um, you know, they had, um, and again, I'm just making this up, right? They look at their audience. They go, huh, we've got some interesting provocateurs. We've got some authors. We've got Joseph Jaffe, who's written books on X, Y, and Z. We're going to give him a token, and that token is going to allow him, for example, to come onto stage at any point. Uh, at any point. He can only use it once. So there's a little bit of gamification, and there's a little bit of access as well. Um, what if you could buy a token, um, just lots of ideas that could actually create a much richer um, conversation and remember, add more energy, not detract from the energy. So, you know, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but let's get back to, you know, this this idea of, of community. I mean, look, most of you, it's not like I'm telling you anything anything new in terms of what is community and why is community important, you know, now more than ever. Um, I think what's more interesting is is why now? Okay, so let, let, let me try and bring in a couple of, of additional thoughts, right? Why now? Well, why not now? <laughs> um, but I actually think right now that we are, like the world is, you know, we are three and a half years post-COVID at the moment and and people's priorities are changing. Like I was saying, I've just, you know, with my book and putting the presentation of the book together, I think there is much more um, reciprocity. I think people are. I mean, we've been reading the book Happier. I think people are motivated now um, by by more than money and money alone. Um, I think people, you know, people are are searching for meaning. I mean, again, when we look at the ANA, the agenda, there's so much stuff um, <clears throat> on purpose. But the reason. You know, so again, remember what I said is sometimes you've got to look for what's not being said than what's being said. And sometimes when you see what's being said, you've got to realize what the act, what is actually not being said by them saying what they said. And what I mean by that actually is this idea of what is the root cause? What is the real issue? The real issue right now is that brands are searching for meaning, right? You know, I would not want to soil man's search for meaning, but this is brand's search for meaning, and brands search for meaning is the one that that they're losing it. Um, they're losing the the plot. Um, they're losing, you know, the connection. You know, going back to that that stat that I read right at the beginning. 
Um, I'll, I'll read it again for you. Let me go and find it. Um, I can't believe I'm actually, I was like, I don't find anything useful in this article, but maybe I'm wrong. 67% of customers will stop buying a product if they don't trust the company. Who trusts companies? Who honestly trusts companies these days? Um, and, and, you know, this whole idea of purpose, I mean, do we really believe that Coca-Cola has a purpose or, or, or Pepsi has a purpose? Do we believe that Adidas has a purpose? Do we believe that any company really has a purpose? We probably could find a handful of companies that we could actually say legitimately have purpose or have a purpose. Um, and, but why would, why would we want to even, why would we want to even buy from them in the first place other than just convenience or commoditization or price or, or, or whatever the case may be. So going back to this idea of why community, I mean, I wrote in 2004 in life after the 30-second spot that the future of business is community. It is. It, it always was. But now more than ever, you know, it is everything on the continuum of a Hail Mary. It may be the only thing that saves you from, from, from imploding or from just being forgotten or dissolving or just becoming completely irrelevant Two, if done really well, really well, uh, a competitive advantage and a differentiation. So I just want to make that statement again. Right now, community is, is pretty much your only hope and your last hope. And it is everything on the continuum of a Hail Mary that actually may be the difference between life and death. But on the other end of the continuum, on the other extreme, it could actually be the thing that propels you um, to greatness, from goodness to greatness, and helps you differentiate and create competitive advantage, obliterate your competition, if and only if you do it well, you do it properly. And so right now, um, it is time to pay attention. And it's time to actually realize that, you know, I mean, there are, you know, peer groups and business communities that we're all aware of, like Entrepreneurs Organization, EO, like Young Presidents Organization, known as YPO. Um, and then there are, you know, many, you know, there's things like Toastmasters um, International and, um, you know, so based on specific themes and genres, but then there are also like various Slack communities um, that have sprouted up or, you know, or, or, or alumni networks, LinkedIn groups, they, they certainly, you know, these peer-to-peer groups um, and alumni groups exist, but we have an opportunity now to take this to the next level. We have the ability to use some of this technology um, to create meaningful bonds and connection points and collaboration points, and it isn't, and, and, and absolutely I believe Web3 is going to play a role. If, if it isn't a Web3, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> one of the things I said with Alpha Collective was it was a Web3 business focused on the business of Web3. It can still be a Web3 business focused on loyalty or access or diversity or creativity. But I think it is the ability now to use some of these new techniques, both philosophically, conceptually, and practically. You know, things like, um, <clears throat> you know, things that I call community capitalism. You know, one of the things I'm still going to be doing with Alpha Collective is is making sure that the community is powered by the community. So, you know, if you hold if you hold a membership pass and you want to contribute, then you will get paid and compensated for doing so. And right, it's a I'm building the string, and you will also be showcasing yourself and merchandising yourself and being able to put yourself out there so at the end of that journey or at the end of that equation not only are you getting back some of your um, actual um, membership dues or fees but you might even get hired Uh, you might even um, get hired for a project on a freelance basis or even permanently that's the vision here that's the vision of community capitalism, or maybe I should say community collaboration. These are, you know, for me, things that have been taught to me or I've learned through Web3. And then there are other things like, um, you know, that I call, um, you know, reciprocity. 
which basically says, <clears throat> and this has nothing to do with Web3, I suppose, but just has to do with the fact that whenever anybody <clears throat> wants to, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> whenever anybody wants to ask for something, they have to offer something back in return. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, that we, we give you the platform or B2B communities should give their members a platform to be able to, sh- uh, you know, shell themselves, I'm calling, right? Shell themselves. Um, I just made that up like literally just now. Shell is a combination between shill and sell. You should be able to. I mean, we're all, especially if you are a solo entrepreneur or freelancer. I mean, you, you, you know, you could be hungry and starving right now. You eat what you kill, and if you don't kill anything, then you go home hungry. So we should be giving opportunities to people to talk about what they do and how they do it and why they do it and who it, and 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 who they're looking to do business with. But in return, they should offer something back. And that's what I think is 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 part of these principles of reciprocity, but also, you know, not only shaming but actually encouraging people um, to sell and maybe gaming it and you know being able to include um, some of these um, you know what I would call you know next generation compensation. But it's also like things like <clears throat> I mean um, uh, collaborative projects. So actually being able to you know, so so let me give you like let me give you um, ten different ideas of what reciprocity looks like, because when I say reciprocity is a crucial uh, principle, you know, in in for, I just think not only in Alpha Collective but any community, um, you know, reciprocity fosters a sense of mutual benefit and collaboration amongst mem- members. But here are like ten ideas, for example. Number one is um, give to receive. So encourage members to contribute their expertise, knowledge, and resources to the community. Um, emphasize that, that the more they give, the more they're likely to receive in return. So it's almost this idea, yes, I mean, I'm going to come back to this idea of paying it forward, um, but it's more karma. It's more of this idea that this is, this is who we are. This is what we do. We know that it will come back to us, um, and we believe that it will come back to us. And if we all believe the same belief, then it is much more likely to manifest and come true. Um, number two, networking opportunities. You've got This is where, again, the host, the organizers, the community leaders can actually create the mechanisms, you know, the networking events, the, the mixes online and offline to actually help uh, people as well, but and so this is just a you know an easy opportunity of what does reciprocity mean? It means when you're networking, sometimes um, it's going to help me, and sometimes it's going to help you. Uh, knowledge sharing, so create a culture of sharing valuable insights, best practice, lessons learned. Um, you know, encourage members to open up the kimono. You know, there's always the saying that actually says, you know. Uh, those that can do and those that can't PR. And and without being snarky about it, it's, you know, in this hyper-competitive world that we live in right now, if you've cracked the code, the last thing you want to do is share the keys to the kingdom, the keys to success with everyone else, including your competitors. It's so hard right now to differentiate. So, you know, the people that you always see you know, quite frankly, going back again to the ANA, I mean, I guess I would ask, you know, the, the question <clears throat> on one hand, you know, you've probably got a third of them that are paying to play, um, a third of them that are volunteering because, you know, they're probably trying, it's self-aggrandizing, they're trying to justify maybe to their boss not to fire them or maybe to get promoted or basically just, you know, or maybe it's a, a plug to get talent um, etc. Or may you know? So so there's definitely a self-serving um, need, and then the th- maybe a third of the remainder are the selfless ones that actually say we want to share, we want to get other people, we want to be the rising tide to float all boats. And the reality is, and I think you know, I mean, all things being equal, um, <clears throat> that's probably a fair breakdown, right? A third are paying to play, a third are in it for themselves, and a third already kind of a little bit more. Um, altruistic but when you know it is 
It is imperative to create a culture of generosity, <clears throat> of being able to kind of, you know, not keep it to yourself. Um, number four is mentoring and coaching. So providing mentorship within the community, um, encouraging experienced members to mentor those who are seeking guidance and support. I see this like I cannot tell you how strongly I see this with EOS. I cannot tell you. Every single Monday from 9 to 10, um, there is a session on, you know, there is a session on sessions. So whether it's focus day or vision building day one, um, it's all just IDSing. It's all just opportunities um, for people to ask questions and get the whole community to answer. And then from 10 to 11, we do that with business development uh, challenges, you know, <clears throat> questions, comments, and then every other week. And then on the other week, we do what's called VTH Lab. So it's all role play. And it's all experienced, um, you know, implementers that are volunteering their time. And maybe some of them are getting paid, but they're still doing it. Their time is much more valuable than whatever token amount they're being paid. Um, so that is just absolutely critical. Number five, resource sharing so templates tools contacts lists um you know best practices again i see that you know abundance look one of the core values of eos is help first help first so you know you see um you know you see not just advice but actually saying here's the deck here's the pitch here's the email um number six collaborative projects uh, facilitating a like initiatives or collaborative projects um, that, I mean, I absolutely see that within Alpha Collective. But again, it's this idea of saying when an idea, you know, is put forward or someone says, hey, I'm going to do this. Somebody else says, let me help. Can I help? Can we do this together? Can I join you as well? But also recognizing, especially if you go back to this idea of being more kind of open and you know, um, you know, I think about Alpha Imprint, which is actually creating a mechanism, a SaaS, a, to a, a software technology that allows other authors to be able to allow their readers to get royalties, which is what I'm doing with Forever Change. Uh, number seven is recognition. Acknowledge and celebrate members who actively contribute and help others. Um, highlight their achievements and generosity. EOS does this as well. They do this when they do their QCEs, which is their quarterly collaborative exchanges. Um, it's an op they have a segment where people can say, "I want to acknowledge, um, you know, you know, Joe Smith for for," and then they you choose one of the core values: humble, you know, humble confidence, do the right thing, you know, etc. Um, I think you can actually say, I say, reward and recognize. Um, which is actually the I in in flipping the funnel, right? It's the I. It says sometimes it's status and non-monetary or non-compensatory, and other times it isn't. Uh, number eight, peer support. Creating a system where members can actually seek help or advice from their peers. Um, so, you know, it's different to the mentoring and the coaching, right? Because that is kind of top-down, um, but peer support is just, Hey, listen, how can we help each other on a more um, lateral or horizontal <clears throat> aspect? Number nine is paying it forward. So, you know, this, this kind of works really nicely with give to receive, number one. Um, encouraging members who have helped, uh, who have received help to help in return, you know. So it's almost this idea of it's not just the people that are giving to receive in general, who are also kind of part of the pay it forward, but it's recognizing that they once were on the other end of the spectrum, you know, and so we're always, if something has, something good has been given to us, we in turn want to share it with others. That also kind of, you know, it fills, it feels its way into things like resource sharing and knowledge sharing, which is if somebody gives me an amazing piece of advice why wouldn't I share it with everyone else? So essentially, it's like this constant idea that every time there is a one-to-one, -one, that one explodes almost like a, you know, like what's the, uh, like a, not a tumbleweed, um, <clears throat> what's the flower called? I'm sure you're all going to, um, uh, dandelion, 
uh, the uh, oh my goodness, tell me what it is. It, it's the you know, it's when the, the one that you blow into it and it just it just explodes and and just uh, clears in all directions. Just want to also uh, say shout out to John who's in our Discord as well. So uh, we've got a couple of people in LinkedIn watch listening live. We've got a bunch of people in Discord. It's awesome. So what's what's the um, <clears throat> what's the flower? Maybe someone can put it in to the uh, cafe chat. Um, but it's that, you know, that flower that you pick up and you just blow and it's uh, Praxim is typing. You see, this is the wisdom of crowds. Yes, a, a dandy line or a Danny line. Uh, that's the line belongs to Danny. Um, yeah, that's the <clears throat> that's going to be the image um, of today's session as well. Um, and then the last one is reciprocal learning, uh, promoting the idea that learning from others is a form of a reciprocity. So members can gain valuable knowledge by actively engaging with the community. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's reciprocal teaching and reciprocal learning. Um, I think sometimes, you know, in a way, on are we not doing that right now? Which is this idea that even though I am the teacher, I am learning in the process. Even though I am the teacher, there are times I get stumped and you come to the rescue um, <clears throat> and help me. Uh, no Agenda Friday is a classic example um, of that where generally Praxim jumps onto stage very early um, and will come up with uh, with a statement or something he's thinking about and it actually powers the entire session as well. Um, so I really love that as well. Um, you know, ultimately reciprocity is one huge part of it. But the other one is this idea of for community, by community, to community. So this idea, um, I mean, I believe that a community should be powered by the community. And uh, likewise, there are 10 points here that I can share in terms of what that means. Um, So number one, member-led initiatives. So encouraging members to propose and lead initiatives, events, or projects within the community. This doesn't just lighten the load on community organizers, hello, uh, but also ensures that the community remains member-driven. I think that's an important point. It's it's not, you know, initially uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I say, well, you know, tomorrow I'm on a flight at this time, so someone's going to need to open up the coffee shop. I can't do it alone. But eventually it's the letting go that is so important. It's one of the five leadership abilities that we teach in EOS. Delegate and elevate to your unique ability. And so and so, in many respects, it's almost like, well, I shouldn't just be relaxing and releasing the reins when it, when it suits me, when I'm not available. Um, number two is volunteer roles. Create volunteer roles or committees that allow members to take on specific responsibilities such as event planning, content creation, or moderation. I think that speaks for itself. And of course, Discord um, gives you a little key you know, addition because it is literally a role that you can create, a unique role that gives, for example, your moderators access to a specific channel as well. Number three, um, community contribution. So here is the formalization of recognizing and rewarding members for what they do, Um, whether it's, um, and it doesn't matter. You know, this is where I bring my flip the funnel um, teaching, which is what I call the three C's, which is content, commerce, and common. uh, uh, Actually, actually, I, I think I got that wrong. It's content conversation and commendations. Those are the three C's in addition to commerce. So what I say in Flip the Funnel is we've only and always recognized and rewarded loyalty and we think about retention in terms of how much money have you spent with us? How much money did you spend? When last did you spend? How often do you spend? How much do you spend at any given time? But we don't, we discount or we neglect or we fail to recognize that our customers can can contribute lots of C's through content creation, through joining the conversation, through the C, the third C is commendations, which is ratings, reviews, um, you know, testimonials, um, etc. And then there's actually, I believe now, a new C, which is community contribution as well. All of those 
should be recognized and rewarded. Um, the fourth one is expert panels. Um, showcase the expertise of community members by inviting them to participate in expert panels, webinars, or discussions. So this to me would be like um, <clears throat> when uh, Tim Lynch uh, recognize, um, uh, um, uh, recommended or mentioned uh, Damon Centola. And I was like, well, go get him on the show, and then you can come on. And he did, and he did. Damon came on the show, and Tim got an opportunity to meet him. So it's also giving access. It's not just compensation, but it's access uh, specifically you know, um, within a, I would say, an exclusive um, opportunity or an exclusive context. Um, number five um, is peer support networks. So you actually establish, um, and this is important, you actually establish these uh, networks within the community. Um, so you formalize without controlling but you actually formalize, um, for example, just um, they call them T groups in EOS. Um, but it could also be just little groups focused on, um, you know, on, on verticals or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of communities within communities. And it's an opportunity to tap into them if and when and as needed. Uh, number six, member feedback and ideas. So actively, you know, solicit feedback and ideas from members on how to improve the community. So this isn't just a suggestion box. This is a community box or community suggestion box or community-powered suggestion box. But you make sure that it's actually aligned. I mean, this is the DAO, right? This is the concept of the decentralized autonomous organization from a voting standpoint. But first, first and foremost, you actually say this is part of our you know our vision, our mission. It's our. It's part of our core values. It's part of our. You know of our. Um, you know culture, which is to be powered by the community. This is not the inmates running the asylum. This isn't just. You don't just want to. You've got to be careful not to create the. You know what they call it. Um, you know uh, analysis paralysis or decision by consensus. You still have leaders and moderators and organizers, but you create mechanisms as well to make sure that people are heard. The first and first and foremost, people should be heard, right? The second is if someone makes a suggestion, at the very minimum, say, this is what happened. We did it. We implemented it, you know, or we didn't do it, and here's why. So get back to them. People, you know, just the fact that you drop something in a suggestion box doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're now, you know, <laughs> soliciting member feedback. You've got to be able to close the loop, you know. And then, of course, if if a suggestion from a community member ends up being implemented, again, it goes back to this idea of recognizing and rewarding, and actually even being able to compensate them. Um, four more um, in the time we have left. Number seven, crowdsourced content. So you know, encourage members to contribute, like articles and and blog posts and tweets and and you know and running the community uh you know community town halls and 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 even introducing an alpha talk speaker and the collective cafe so all of the videos you know the consumer generated content now becomes community generated content the ultimate wisdom of crowds the ultimate uh crowdsourcing number eight going back to the DAOs, which is community voting as well, not all the time, but some of the time, uh, being able to make sure that a voice, you know, one of the things I always had a problem with initially, <clears throat> and it generally came down to the fact that I didn't understand it, was I felt like, well, you know, who comes up with the vote, number one, and number two, you know, who shows up for the vote, and, you know, like, it, it seems like only maybe an elite few could actually say, this is what we're voting on, and then you still it still became a popularity contest. So you like there's there's huge opportunity here, but there's also a lot of pitfalls and opportunities for abuse. And uh, you know, the irony is I've actually said the model that I think works really well is Congress, ironically, because nothing else works in Congress. But in this case, you know, you see the yays, the nays, the abstentions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I hate doing that to you. <clears throat> but for me, 
What I think is so powerful is to say you have a vote and if you don't use your vote, you lose your vote. So you've got to be able to show up and and everyone should vote. That's what I think has to happen. You know, and I don't actually think that happens in Congress either. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it should. Everyone should show up for a vote. I mean, at the end of the day, we say that, you know, uh, that becoming a citizen of the U.S., the ultimate gift, the ultimate privilege, the ultimate responsibility is the right to vote. So don't abuse it. Don't take it for, to, for granted. But also, I think community, if you want to give people a vote, you've got to be a little bit more vigilant. Don't allow them to abuse it or become complacent. Um, number nine, uh, I love this one, community currency. So some form of community currency or point system. You know, we're, we're still <clears throat> thinking about, you know, hello, you know, Jaffe coin, the tokenization of community. Um, it, it, it has merits and it has demerits. Um, you know, but the idea of point-based systems that can then be redeemed for various benefits within the community. The, there are so, look, I could, I could do a whole session on this and maybe I will at some point, but this is not uh, a currency that should be bought and sold. It's not a currency that should be, you know, that, that people should be uh, speculating on. This is, you know, it shouldn't be a currency that is worth anything outside of the community. This should be, you know, although, again, again, you know, when I look at my American Airlines um, Advantage mile, right, that Advantage mile, I earn those miles when I fly, but I also earn those miles um, when I use partner, like, you know, whatever, rent a car or, or, or send flowers, but I also earn them with my uh, uh, American Airlines credit card. But they have a monetary value, but I cannot go out and buy, um, you know, a, a taco uh, from Bar Taco with my American uh, Airlines miles. In some cases, you can get some cash back, but, and, but they have a dollar value as well. If American Airlines gives you a million advantage miles and you win that in a competition, you still have to pay tax on that. So absolutely, they have a monetary value, but it's not a currency that operates outside. Again, we want to get away from abuse and, and the bad kind of gaming the system and gamification of the system, but it is absolutely valuable and you can exchange them for what I call priceless experiences. So this is a big one and trust me, not only is this one not going away, this one is going to become maybe the ultimate. I wrote about this in Flip the Funnel, universal currency. Every brand, every community has currency that you can recognize and reward every time someone contributes, every time time someone pays it forward every time someone's actually stepping up it is a community powered by the community and then finally member spotlights so just making sure this is let's now you know you balance out the reward with the recognize so regularly highlighting celebrating individuals uh, achievements their stories their you know just this idea of we want to celebrate success we want to lift everyone up um member of the month, but also just being able to, you know, what went right? What went right? You know, um, again, going back to this idea of EOS, I love the fact within EOS, you always start every meeting off by saying um, personal good news and professional good news. Let's celebrate I mean, listen, we go through tough times sometimes and sometimes it's hard when, you know, I hear about somebody else that's having unbelievable success when I'm, you know, struggling so much, but my time will come as well. So will your time. And I think if we get into the habit where we really, you know, celebrate, we should, not only should we not be ashamed of our wins, but we should celebrate them. And the best way to celebrate them is if somebody else is celebrating them with us or on our behalf. So it doesn't seem like we're just beating our chest. So look, I mean this is a this is an amazing time to be in the business, to be in the business of business. And the business of business to business community is one way that can really help us um create this um incredible um 
organism that is, you know, for me, like I didn't even go into principles that of diversity, uh, inclusion, um, you know, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. Um, you know, this idea of um, of elevating people and 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 fostering their, you know, and celebrating them rising up, especially if they didn't have opportunities. Uh, but the networking in general, the the education, the inspiration, the collaboration, uh, masterminds, um, different tiers of access with different prices, sure, different levels of service, concierge service. Why not? I mean, again, when you look at a plane, you have basic economy, economy, business class, first class. In some cases, you have four different cabins, um, but ultimately, you're all on the same plane, flying from the same point to the from the same point of origin to the same destination. And guess what? You also all arrive together. You all arrive either on time, ahead of schedule, or late. Um, so there's something really powerful about that. Well, thank you so much for those of you that were in LinkedIn, in Discord. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy. Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.